section 45 of a fair mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by marcia payne a fair mystery by bertha m clay a thunderbolt in a ducal palace the earl of lindley seemed to be indifferent as to the terms on which he obtained his pardon provided only that he did obtain it his thanks and gratitude were pleasing to hear her pale face relaxed as she listened after all she had suffered the long silent agony of years there was something very delightful in being loved and you will be good to me my darling whispered the earl you will not do what you might do take vengeance on me for my many sins no said lady estelle i will not do that and you will come with me to my home lindley towers and reign there as its mistress and queen i will do whatever makes you happiest she said with that sweet gentleness that seemed to sit so strangely upon her estelle said the earl of course the duke and duchess have not an inkling of our secret no they have not the faintest idea of it how foolish we were my darling it seems like a dream now that we ever did that wild foolish deed it is far more like a dream than a reality yes she sighed it was a sad thing for both of us i will tell them you have had quite enough to bear i will take the onus on myself give me let me see ten kisses they will make me strong enough to fight any battle in your cause he bent over her and was busily engaged in taking the accurate number of kisses when the door suddenly opened and the duke and duchess entered the room having returned from their drive together the scene is better imagined than described they were all well-bred people but just at that moment the circumstances seemed to bewilder them lady estelle sank pale and trembling into a chair the moment she had dreaded for years had come at last the earl was the first to recover himself coolly as though nothing particular had occurred the earl went up to the duke and duchess with outstretched hands they greeted him kindly but he was quick enough to detect something of restraint in their voices they spoke of indifferent matters for a few moments and then the duke asked if his guest had partaken of any refreshment we do not dine till eight he said take some wine at least no said the earl the truth is before i can accept your hospitality i have something to tell you something that will cause you just and righteous anger to that i admit but i pray you as the fault was all mine so let the blame all be mine spare everyone else he looked so handsome so earnest so agitated that the duke felt touched what could he have done to offend him nothing but love his daughter and that was surely no such terrible crime he merely smiled as he heard the words the duchess with a sudden nervous movement of the hands drew nearer to her daughter i have no excuse said the earl to offer for this story which i have to tell no excuse it was the passionate mad folly of a boy 
the trusting simplicity and innocence of a young girl then for the first time an expression of fear came into the duke's face and the duchess looked as though she had turned to stone listen to me your grace twenty years ago when i was ulric studley the captain of the army without even the prospect of advancement i fell in love with lady estelle he was still looking in the duke's grave face and his words seemed to fail him his lips grew dry and hot his hands trembled i am ashamed of my folly he said in a low agitated voice and i find it hard to tell you will remember lord lindley that you are keeping us in suspense and lady estelle is our only child be brief for her mother's sake if not for my own the earl continued do not think me a coward your grace i have faced the enemy in open fight as often as any soldier i never fled from a foe but i would sooner face a regiment of foes each with a drawn sword in his hand than stand before you to tell what i have to tell be brief my lord was the impatient comment be brief in a few words then your grace i loved your daughter i won her love and privately unknown to any person save one we were married twenty years ago the duchess uttered a low cry of sorrow and dismay the duke suddenly dropped into his chair like a man who had been shot a painful silence fell over the room broken only by the sobs of lady estelle married said the duke at last oh heaven has my daughter so cruelly deceived me the fault was all mine your grace shooting would be too good for me i persuaded her i followed her i made her wretched i gave her no peace until she consented oh estelle my daughter is it true cried the duke is it can it be true estelle's only answer was a series of heartbreaking sobs it is true your grace said the earl if any suffering could undo it i would suffer the extremity of torture i repent with my whole heart let me pray your grace not to turn a deaf ear to my repentance the duke made no answer but laid his head on his clasped hands i had better tell you all continued the earl in a low voice we were married i call heaven to witness that the fault was all mine and that i intended to act loyally honorably and truthfully to my dear wife but we were unfortunate i was proud and jealous she was proud and impatient she taunted me always by saying the studleys were all faithless we quarreled at last and both of us were too proud to be the first to seek forgiveness then in a fit of desperate rage I exchanged into a regiment ordered to India, and, with the exception of one letter, no word has been exchanged between us since. The Duke did not raise his head. The Duchess gave a long, shuddering moan. There is one thing more. Oh, heaven, how could I be so cruel? When I had been gone some five months, my poor wife, my unhappy wife became a mother i do not believe it cried the duke i will not believe it 
it is an infamous lie it is the solemn truth your grace stephanie my wife cried the duke despairingly do you believe this do you believe the child we have loved and cherished has deceived us so cruelly the duchess left her daughter's side and went over to him she laid her hand on his we must bear it together she said it is the first great trial of our lives we must make the best of it to be deceived to smile on us to kiss us to sit by us to share the same roof to kneel at the same altar and yet to keep such a secret from us why stephanie it cannot be true the duchess was not one of the demonstrative kind but she was so deeply touched by the pain in his voice that she clasped her arms around his neck i can only say one thing to comfort you my husband we have spent the greater part of our lives together and in no single thing have i deceived you yet let the remembrance of your wife's loyalty soften the thought of your daughter's treachery the next moment the daughter whom he had loved as the very pride and joy of his life was kneeling and sobbing at his feet it was not treachery papa do not give it so bad a name i was very young and i loved him very much except you and mamma i loved no one else oh papa do not turn from me i have suffered so terribly i have never been happy for one moment since i loved you so dearly i never could bear to look at your face and remember how i had deceived you i have been so unhappy so wretched so miserable i cannot tell you pity me do not be angry with me i loved you both and my heart was torn in two kiss me dear and forgive me but he turned away from the pitiful pleading voice and beseeching face i cannot forgive you estelle he said the pain is too great then i will kneel here until i die she cried passionately i will never leave you until you say that you pardon me the duke raised his face and when the earl of lendley saw it he started back it was as though a blight had fallen over it it was changed haggard gray twenty years older than when he had entered the room the earl felt more remorse when he caught sight of that pale face than he ever had known before lord lindley said the duke i want you to give me details the details of your marriage how and where it took place who were the witnesses i shall want to see a copy of the register i shall want the certificate of the child's birth and death it is not dead cried lord lindley in astonishment not dead repeated the duke do you mean to tell me my lord i have had a grandchild living all these years and have known nothing about it do you mean to tell me that a descendant of the herefords has been born and i have never even seen it great heaven what have i done that i should have this to endure i was ashamed of the story of my marriage said the earl but if possible i am still more ashamed of the history of my child my poor wife was ill-advised when she acted as she did 
a certain nervous tremor came over the duchess she remembered many things that the duke had forgotten and a presentiment of the truth came over her estelle she said tell us where your child was born and who helped you to deceive us obediently enough she told the whole story we must not blame poor lady delapan said the duke kindly of the dead no ill should be spoken rely upon it she did it for the kindest and best now tell us estelle what you did with that unhappy child but lady estelle hid her face ulrich she said to her husband will you tell for me they listened with a shock of horror and surprise so this little foundling over whose story they had wondered and pondered of whose future the duchess had prophesied such evil was their own race a hereford it seemed to the duke and duchess that they could never forget that humiliation never recover from it the duke rose from his chair he held out one trembling hand to his wife come away stephanie he said this has been too much for me i thought i was stronger come away we can talk it over better alone we shall get over it better alone we have no daughter now dear we are quite alone our daughter has been someone else's wife for twenty years come away the duchess since lord lindley had told doris's story had never once looked at her daughter she seemed the stronger of the two as they turned to quit the room together the duke never speaking to his daughter said to his guest i will talk this over with my wife and we will tell you after dinner what is our decision oh ulrich cried lady estelle they will never forgive me what shall i do but he kissed her face and consoled her it will all come right he said of course it was a terrible shock to them both that brackenside business especially i am very sorry over that but they will forgive you by this time tomorrow we shall all be laughing over it trust me darling but lord lindley before this time tomorrow had to hear something which startled even him and he could boast of tolerably strong nerves End of section 45 Reading by Marcia Payne